Famcast Media. Bitch. Welcome to the SM Podcast. Scribble and Mad Max. Not my bad, keep my circle tight Spitting up that verbal light To shed upon the vagabond Who's searching for some more to life Black. Now approaches the wandering Jew I'm taking some bumps and lacing some blunts And I'm just smoking this sauntering Here we go I think it came down to him not supporting Dave Chappelle Who Dave Chappelle is on my list and he's higher up Yeah But I like My thing is I don't recall Pat Oswalt being particularly and again like i said my thing on that issue is if he and dave were close and they worked together a lot which is possible because he was from fucking virginia in that area and so was they so maybe they knew each other for a long time that's totally possible so if that's true then yeah fuck him for that but again to me pat oswald i he's on my list because from a long time ago i loved his work but also he is one of the few art, the few uh, comedians who's seen like real fucking actual Hollywood fame. Like Ratatouille is like huge. Oh yeah. The King of Queens, huge. Yeah. So I mean, he he even does a bit about that where he was like, it's funny to have seen watching the progression of comedians as they go is pretty cool, and that's actually cool with my next guy. But so for who who is your number seven? And we should probably try to move this a little faster. Yeah, uh, my number seven is the motherfucking infamous, rest in peace, Ralphie Mae. One time, I mean, we were, we were plastered, right? And uh, Billy Wayne asked a, a really philosophical question. I mean, it was like the most um, unique, thought-provoking question he's ever asked. And it was like, no. <laughs> yeah, bro. No. What? Dude, don't rush me, man. Don't rush me, man. Okay, what is it, Billy Wayne? Dude, if you could smoke weed with anybody throughout the history of the world, who would it be, dude? I thought about it for a while, and I said, Jesus Christ. I know. I know. I think it'd be great to smoke weed with Jesus. You'd be tripping, you're like, damn, Jesus, that's deep, dude. <laughs> man. You're tripping me out, man. And now, your daddy's who again? <laughs> That's awesome, man. Hey, tell him, nice job, bro. I like what he did with the place, and thank you for this one. Yeah, you made it. Yeah. That's a little loophole today's Christians don't get. Jesus, God made this one too, right, homie? Right. Oh, I'm sorry, puff up fast. There you go. It's good weed, ain't it, Jesus? Yeah. I get it from this Filipino kid named Edwin San Juan. You know Edwin? For real? Oh, hell, Jesus, you know everybody, dude. You're tripping me out, man. I'm like, damn, Edwin be selling lots of weed, yo. Go ahead and finish the joint, Jesus. That's all we got, man. Save this little sack of stems and seeds. Come on, Jesus, hook it up. Jesus, we heard all your stories, dude. We heard about your water and the wine. How about some shaking the kind? How about that, Jesus? Ralphie May. He was actually, no bullshit, I swear to God, nowhere to lie, he claimed himself he was a juggalo. Oh, I know all about it. Yeah, bro. Like, he was a straight-up juggalo. He played The Gathering. I've seen the video. (coughs) And he was funny. He was really funny. He had a really good cadence. He had really good jokes. Talk about that monkey. He he, He was real funny. He came came up um, 
in front of all he came up in front of all black audiences he really had that southern swag oh yeah Oh, yeah. Kind of thing to him. Uh, I think he's fucking hilarious. I think it's amazing that he never got any shit for dropping n bombs because he did it so. Smoothly. I didn't even know like, he did that. Like I didn't even. know Oh, that. dude! And you knew from the context of watching him live and just his his swagger and all that shit. Like he could really. He's one of the few who could actually get away with that and not get it, catch any heat. So. Oh, for sure. Number seven is Ra- number seven is Ralphie Bay. I fucking love him. I still watch all his shit. Uh, you know, somebody who was classic. a fat comic that was on that level was John Panette, rest in peace. He was real oh, funny. Was yes, great. John Panette, yeah. Definitely honorable mention to John oh, Panette. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. But so, all so right, we'll keep, it, we'll keep it right on moving. Uh, so my yeah. number six is somebody who I only found within, like, let's say the last five, six, maybe seven years. But first of all, his material is ri- so ridiculously good because... He he has really good material about again marriage, divorce, and kids, and he's just like he doesn't give a fuck. And this is apparently just how he is as a person. Like if you just act like an asshole, he's just gonna call it straight out at you. I really find his jokes to be just any of his fucking specials. Cause. The first special that I've seen. Have you said the name yet? What? Chad Daniels. Normally I'm not that crabby at the airport, but on my flight there, my armrest would not fold down. Also, it does not bother me, but it really bothered the lady next to me because my clothed leg was touching her clothed leg. She was huffing and puffing. (laughs) Finally, everything calmed down and she ordered a pillow, and I thought, thank God she's going to sleep. But she didn't. She took that pillow and she shoved it right in between our legs. Like a defense mechanism. Um, I can rape you through a pillow. I wasn't even thinking about raping you till you challenged me with that goddamn pillow. You've also just supplied me with something to muffle your rape whistle. You make the worst decisions of all time, stranger danger. Good luck finding the food court when we land. So he's from Minnesota and he's just like, oh my Lord. What I really like about him is he's the kind of guy that's just like, he's politically what you would probably call left or democratic or whatever, but he's also like, no, get off your ass. I don't want to fucking hear it. Quit being a bitch. Kind of in that Tom Segura direction where just like, just unflinching, like, no, fuck you. Reality is reality. Don't tell me that it's not kind of shit. Like, right. And I listened, I listened to, um, you're the best, the special, you're the best. And I thought he was fucking hilarious. I loved his bit about the rape pillow. Oh yeah. I could Uh, rape. Yeah. I could rape you through a pillow. I wasn't even thinking about doing it until you challenged me with that goddamn pillow. <laughs> no, dude, listen, he's number one. Not only is he the kind of comedian that he is, he's prolific in a way where he did something that when he did it, nobody else has done it thus far. Where it was just recently, he recorded a special, an hour at one theater, and then an hour and then a second different hour the same night after that I think or maybe the day after I'm not sure but 
he was he he went on Tom Segura's podcast not long after doing that, and even Tom was like, "Dude, that's fucking crazy! Like, how did you even do that?" Because developing this is one of these things where like I do want to get into comedy, but I also feel like depending on how if I ever actually go through with it to get on stage, you know how it pans out. The reality of creating material is so fucking crazy and difficult in the sense of like. Just making jokes is one thing, but creating a narrative where you can actually like weave it through and it makes sense by the end of it, like there's a fucking art form to it of like making references in the beginning and then, you know, peppering them through and then ending on like ending on a proper like callback is how I've seen every comedian almost other than maybe like, let's say George Carlin, like fucking just thrash by the end and fucking Chad Daniels is ridiculous with that shit. Like, I, I'm really looking forward to hearing his uh, the the two hours that he made because I know he recorded both of them. It's just comedy is different now, where most of these guys, like Louis for sure, and they all just sell their own shit because it's like Spotify is gonna fuck me and YouTube is probably gonna fuck me and I'm not gonna get the money I deserve. So why not just sell it myself and then get every dollar from everything instead of a piece of it. So yeah, I just watched uh, Louis' uh, special last month. He streamed from. The I was gonna, but I gotten. It was good, right? Oh, it was incredible. The the homie uh, Chris, yeah. uh, Jelly, and uh, Jeremy, uh, they fucking uh, they were like front row for that shit. Wow. Yeah, no, I know. That's awesome. No, no, well, they 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 don't have kids and they make a lot of money. Yeah. So it's good life, but no. So that was my number six. So who's your number six? So, my number six, I'm actually, uh, the list I sent you, I swapped this guy out to. And okay. Big shout out to Tom, big shout out to Tom Segura. He was originally my number six. Um, but the truth is, I've been listening, you know, I don't listen to him too much, but uh, someone I do listen to a lot is uh, a classic comedian named Red Fox. My great-great-grandfather, one of the first black politicians in Mississippi. He ran for the border. <laughs> Hello, Sadie. Ah, darling. How are you, sir? Japanese? Indonesian. I spent 12 years there one night. <laughs> War veteran. I was wounded in Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> You're pretty if you were just darker. <laughs> yeah, I don't want no white woman. You see me with a white woman, I'm holding her for the police. Because I'm no idiot, I prefer Anne Margaret over Shirley Chisholm. Uh, That's that old school Red shit Fox, right there. I, I grew up, uh, you know, with my grandparents, and my grandpa introduced me to Sanford and Son, and it immediately, uh, immediately, I knew that was a classic show just by watching one episode. Oh yeah, and it's one of it's one of my it's one of my all time favorite shows. But you go listen to his stand up, and he is the filthiest motherfucker, and he's doing the shit in the forties. This. Filthy, filthy fucking shit, man. Talking about eating ass in the 40s, you know what I mean? Nah. Like, he was, I'm with he, that he shit. Was really, That's Jester's really privilege, man. Time. Huh? Jester's privilege, man. If you're good, you can say whatever the fuck you want. And then... Yeah, yeah. man. Then people will be like, ha, 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 ha. well, that's interesting. And, and he, <laughs> and he, that's why, and by does, the way, 
That's why Dave Chappelle, that's why the whole thing is so big. Because you want to know what? When he was doing material about how people have been racist to black people, everybody was like, ha that's awesome. But then as soon as he starts talking about gay people and trans people, suddenly it's like, oh, well, wait, you can't really say that. Well, like, no. Selective outrage. And if it's going to be selective, everyone, then no. Everyone, that's, that's a good comedian, motherfucker. Everybody gets it. Dude, it's, I agree. He he uh he that impossible fucking pussy joke is so funny. You know what I'm talking about, Scribble from that special? No. Uh, how about it's it's he basically talks about the difference between an impossible burger and then like a. You I know, don't actually remember that one. You, you remember that? I don't think I do. I'm sure I've seen it, but it's been a while, so I don't remember it specifically. He's like, yeah, you can have like you can make like a pussy, and I believe it's a pussy, but like you know, you get a you get a burger, one of them impossible burgers. <laughs> it's a burger, uh, but uh... <laughs> something <not> quite right. <laughs> now, I listen. You want to know what? Here's the problem. My issue is that most people that I've ever actually met in my life in person, trans or otherwise, are not so fucking uptight no. that you couldn't make a joke about something and they would just be, oh, oh I never, oh my goodness. Like, really. And especially trans people, if you're actually trans... They got the illest sense of humor. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But you know what's ill is in that special, too, there's two of, like, the outrage mob, blue right. hair, I fat, remember. And they're oh, just showing them, dude. I, oh, <laughs> I remember that shit so specifically. So Blue hair is an immediate warning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's for sure. And it used to mean you were cool back in the day. Yeah, like, no, oh, there was, there was they're, a time. They're, they're Ill, like. There was a time. So the, your number six was, did I miss that? What was it? Yeah, number six was uh, Red Fox. Red Fox. No, I can. I definitely fucks with that. But you want to know what? As we bring up the trans thing, my number five actually has some great material about this shit. Where one of the things that he said, it was either in a special or on a podcast or something. I can't remember. But Doug Stanhope. Have you ever considered registering as a sex offender? Just so you have a legitimate excuse for why your friends can't bring their stupid children over to your house. That's all it would take. That's all it would take. I never thought, oh wait, that's so easy. I just put myself on a website somewhere. And then your friend calls up, yeah, you're having a Monday night football party? Shit, yeah, I want to come. I got custody this week, though. You don't mind if I bring Jimmy Jr. and the baby, do you? He's like, oh, oh, yeah, Jim, I'd love to see the kids. You know, they're a treasure at every party. But uh, I had an incident years back, and now I'm on a watchdog site. So why don't you just leave those kids locked in a hot car and you bring beer like anyone else would do at a party? Who thinks that's okay? Plus, I'm a huge Saints fan, and uh, I might fuck the shit out of your kids if they're ahead at halftime, because I'm real superstitious. So, yeah, you bring cold beer like anyone else would do. Number one, yes. he, he does a great bit about seeing, about seeing transvestites out in the morning, like... You know, like when they're not all dolled up and shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fucking, oh my god. Like, I wish I could remember the bit. It's so goddamn good. But one of the things that either he either he said it or maybe it wasn't Doug Stanhope, but that bit that he did about b people being trans was like, 
what that one was really funny. But he also said that he would totally like the one. I think he said, "At what point am I not gay for doing it?" Like they get like they get all the you know the the breast implants yeah. and the the fillers and the lip injections and it's like at at what point are they enough of a woman that I'm not gay for doing it? That shit was super funny. He's but so funny, man. I love One of the things that I think it was him that said it, or maybe it was somebody else, I can't remember. But they were saying, like, the trans community has been around for longer than the last, like, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. It's been around a long fucking time. The people like that have been around a long time. And the idea that just now, like, Patton Oswald, ironically enough, does a bit about that. Where he talks about RuPaul. Of course he does. RuPaul, well, because, <laughs> hey, fair enough. But RuPaul was getting shit on because RuPaul said tranny. And you're not supposed to say tranny. Oh, my God. So who's your number five? Top. Just real quick, real quick on the Doug Stanhope thing. I met that motherfucker. I saw him on the show. And um, I gave him my, my the last of my cigarettes, a half a pack of cigarettes. I believe it. He asked for a cigarette. And, um... As someone who's been around drugs my whole life, he reeked of chemicals. Nah. This motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I don't doubt that at all. He talks about this, wanting to get. Fu- he talks about getting fucked up. This guy was like insanely high. Like I've been around drug addicts my whole life, bro. I've never seen someone that high before, and I was just like, "Fucking Doug Stanhope, dude. Hell yeah, you can have my cigarettes." Nah. As fucked up as he was, he killed the entire show, bro. Oh, Murphy. of course. Doug Stanhope is Murphy. a murderer on stage. So, so all right. So who's five, your number five? My number five is a goddamn classic. Uh, he didn't necessarily invent stand-up comedy, but he took it to the next level, and that's Bob Hope. I flew from Copenhagen to Moscow on the F-104, the Russian jet airliner. You know, the Russians had to go to jets. Standard Oil wouldn't give them a credit card. And, uh... <laughs> no, but I got a wonderful tribute at the airport. They fired 21 shots in the air in my honor. <laughs> of course, it would have been nicer if they waited for the plane to land. <laughs> But it's a thrill to be here in Russia. And I know I'm in Russia because this morning my stomach got up two hours before I did and had a bowl of borscht. (laughs) Surprisingly enough, I'm not having any trouble with the language. Nobody speaks to me. (laughs) You know, the Russian language is very guttural. I cleared my throat in a restaurant today and the waitress slapped my face. I fucks with him. I respect uh, it. Bob Hope. Bob Hope does not get his flowers, especially. Hey, you want to know what? I don't think that's true. I think Bob Hope gets his flowers from the old, ge- the the generation that grew up listening well, to yes. him. Well, yes, Richard uh, Pryor cited Bob Hope as a big influence. Oh yeah. But also, like pe- people like Gilbert Gottfried oh, yeah. loved Bob Hope and uh, shit like that. But but uh, Bob, he, here's what he did for stand-up comedy. A lot of people don't know this, and I'm going to take this from my comedian homie uh, Goonin. Um, the great Goonan, and he 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 basically told broke this down for me, and I thought this was incredible. That up there was stand up because vaudeville, right? Like vaudeville was you would dance, you would sing, you would tell some jokes, right? It was all kind of in one thing, a vaudeville right. act. Right, right, right. Bob Hope took all that bullshit out. Yes, he could sing, he could dance a little. I mean, he could dance his ass off actually. But Bob Hope went full stand-up, and it's a tiny little thing that he did for stand-up. He took it because until Bob Hope, if you were telling a joke on stage, it would be like a guy walked into a bar. That kind of joke, right? I see what you're saying. 
And, so it was the here, first time what, that somebody really did a full performance like that? No, no. Here's what Bob did. He took it from a guy walked into a bar to, hey, I walked into this bar. He personalized stand-up comedy. If okay. you go before, If you go before Bob Hope, nobody does that. Interesting. Bob okay. Hope. Bob Hope and Bing Crosby also are the first ones ever to break the fourth wall in a movie. In the oh, road wow. to pictures. Okay. I actually didn't so, know that. Bob Hope, gotta give him his flowers. And yes, it necessarily, like, uh, it doesn't necessarily hold up a lot of his stand up because it's a lot of topical references of the day. But there are, if you listen to, you know, like 40 minutes of his stand-up, you're going to laugh because there are jokes that still hold up and you totally understand. You want to know, and you want to know somebody who <laughs> is supposed to be on that, like you would think that this person would be huge on my list, but I just never ended up getting into his shit was uh, Lenny Bruce. I just, I don't know why I tried, but I, de- I don't remember... What I've heard, I don't remember finding to be that funny. It's funny that he's uh, his shit just doesn't. But doesn't he was a very up, important like, comic. I know that he, he was, was very because yes, he, absolutely. He just basically absolutely. elevated the subject material, but the execution really isn't that good. All and right. then he yeah, so at that, least if, I'm if not being blasphemous no, by no, saying no, that I don't love and, Lenny uh, Bruce. I'm sure all of us have worshipped George Colin, and like you know, we all know that like he was one of the main people who informed Colin like get away from that fucking classic because uh, he did like you know. I forget who who was Colin's writing partner because he did he did like a like a two man act for a long time. I remember what you talked about. I need to listen to it. And then he was so like uh, he was like at the hang with the comedians being actually funny. You know, not that he wasn't funny with his you know. Right. No, I know you. Mean. I know. But anyways, yeah, that was a big contribution to my in my opinion that Lenny Bruce like you know you know told Colin to you know cut the bullshit. And and Lenny, Lenny Bruce by all accounts was a fucking asshole in real life just to everybody who ran <laughs> into there him. You, go. you know what I mean? He Fair just enough. seemed like a fucking dick and he was one of those guys who was when he came out he was putting down people like Dean Martin and Bob Hope and oh they're fucking you know he was like talking shit on them like looking down on them. Right. And it's like you know it's I mean? funny because yeah, bro that. go watch those Dean Martin roasts and tell me who's fucking funnier in 2023, Dean Martin or this motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, no. Like, oh, for fucking sure. It's not so. even close, so. Well, so it. anyway. You guys respect. Rickles on your list? <laughs> nah. Uh, I, and you want to know what? I I appreciate who? Rickles. I got a lot of love for him, but. I got I got Rickles on my honorable like, mention. You got Rickles? I got Rickles on my honorable mention. Uh, uh, all, right. all right. All right. Fair enough. Well, so anyway, I cause you want to know what? It's funny because my number four we've already discussed thoroughly <laughs> is fucking Dave Chappelle. I could be mad at all the police. I don't get mad at all the police. You know I get mad at for that? It's those damn sketch artists. <laughs> Seriously, they keep drawing the same nigga over and over. It's like, who's this generic guy we all look like? I mean, I've been mugged before. I was mugged in 1992 by a white guy. I never saw that coming. Hey, you got the time? Ah! <laughs> he stood over me. He's, Give me your wallet. Give me your wallet. I gave it to him. I didn't know what to do. He's like, who's going to believe you? <laughs> the popularity of Dave Chappelle is definitely why he was that high up there. Because he's somebody I've been listening to since I was really young. And just the idea of even in 2023, he maintains his relevance is like, 
it speaks to how funny he actually is. One of the fucking best comedic actors, too. People forget, like, yo. He's oh, been my with, God. Yeah, he's been, bro. He's been, yo, that's how he got his real breaks. Like, as a kid, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, oh, yeah. Nutty Professor. Oh, yeah, no, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. He was really good in that yeah, movie. Yeah, man. He was you know, great the in that. You know, you know, oddly, the first place I ever saw Dave Chappelle, he was he 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 did a guest appearance on Home Improvement with Jim Brewer. I believe it. Yo, that's so funny. Have I believe that. Plug. Oh yeah, uh, basically, oh, that's... Yeah, bro. And yo, Tim Allen's a coke dealer from fucking yo. What a what a drugged out fucking decade we grew up. Oh yeah, He's what a friend. world. That and you want to know no, what he was? He, I actually him and Jim just... Brewer. Him and Jim Brewer were part of Tool Time, and they were talking shit about their wives. And then their Tim had their fucking wives backstage. It was hilarious. Oh, so awesome. I actually had forgotten about this until just now. I went to uh, Seaside Heights one summer, and MTV had their beach house right there. It wasn't when the Jersey Shore did it. It was many years before that. They built a beach house on the fucking right there on the boardwalk, and. Dave Chappelle was there because Half Baked was like right happening then. And so I just remember him being down on the fucking beach and some fucking ne'er do wells that I was hanging with earlier. They gave him some cigarettes. And I remember him just running across going, Black man on the beach! <laughs> and fucking. It was. Oh, it was so funny. I also saw the guy that played Xander in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But that was all of the. Uh, that was all of the uh, celebrities that I saw there. But so, yes, that's all of my shit. Dave Chappelle, yes, number four. Your number four, sir. My number four is I discovered this guy. Um, he has some of the craziest real-life love advice I've ever fucking heard in my life. I used to listen to him on Opie and Anthony. Okay, Opie and Anthony All the fucking time. Uh, his name is Patrice O'Neal. Oh, uh, you ever have a motherfucker that have dogs and it seemed like he loved his dogs more than you? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna tell you why. I have my dogs, I have a poodle and a Westie. I'm gonna tell you something. Poodle, yeah? But see how they do? See how we are? Trying to make me feel like a faggot, see? Poodle, faggot, you ain't got no pit bull, nigga. That's why he hangs out with white guys. I don't blame Tolo. I'm sharing my shit with a bitch. Poodle, nigga. I love my dogs, they're little motherfuckers, and I'm gonna tell you what happens. And I love my girl, but when I have my dogs, I be like, I love my fucking dogs. Like, it's weird, like, the motherfuckers be doing shit, and, they, and I'm gonna tell you why, because my girl, it was, it was, I had an epiphany. I was sitting there, had my dogs, I looked back, and my girl was asleep, and I'm like, I love my girl, but I, didn't, I wasn't like, I love my fucking girl. But I be looking at my dogs like, shit! love my dogs. I'll tell you why. Because my dogs, they need me, right? But they don't act like they don't. So, my girl needs me like my dogs need me. But she play me like I ain't shit. I honestly. I knew you were gonna say that. No, see, yeah. when I saw but that. You said name, Opie and Anthony, dude. When I saw that name on his list, I genuinely felt bad, like, for his relevance and being from fucking Roxbury. I feel bad that I didn't list him because he is. Patrice O'Neill is one of the fucking most underrated, unsung Bro, his comedians. specials. 
I don't know whether or not he developed his material, like, because I know he did, but on one of his specials that he put out, because if you, he only has so many, so many specials, half of the fucking thing is just him riffing with one black lady that he's basically trying to fuck. <laughs> like, and Patrice O'Neal was totally that dude. Yeah, I know. And he has the, like one of the best arguments for like threesomes. And wanting multiple yes, women. Yes, dude, he's the king of he's the king of talking. He spits that pimp game. Oh, bro, bro. He, he was my lord. Was like I could shit. only imagine. He was one of the kinds of guys where put it to you like this, and I know you'll appreciate this. Patrice O'Neill is the kind of guy who you he would have one of the better episodes of like Tough Crowd. Or oh, whatever yeah. one yeah. of those, whatever Yo, one of tough crowd. Yeah. Oh my oh lord, my Colin Quinn. Wait, Colin Quinn is definitely an honorable mention. Yeah, just because he was somebody again with tough crowd bringing all these comedians together, and all of those the like the New York scene basically. Yeah, but like. Oh, well, man. it was pretty much a continuation of what, because, you know, I mean, Howard Stern is great. At least he used to be back in the day. I but mean, he Opie was never Anthony really a comedian. Was, he was always a personality. Opie and Anthony were the guys who brought all the comedians in at once. Oh, yeah. You could just oh, listen for sure. to them bullshit for I remember listening to Opie and Anthony and, and Jim Norton riffing on shit. I was just going to say, Jim, that's how we all found out about Jim Norton. It's such a, I, I follow Jim Norton on fucking Instagram, and he's... He they, he puts his material right up there like he's just working it out all day. And you want to know what? I appreciate why he's doing that because it's like you can just you never know which fucking bit is gonna accidentally go viral for whatever dumb thing you fucking said. Yeah. And I don't know. He must fucking take up residence at the Comedy Cellar or whatever that place is in New York. Yeah, the because cellar, yeah. he's they, he performs there like fucking every day. It looks like. Yeah, he's one of the regulars there. Yeah. He told me to get a room when I was trying to fuck this Indian uh, uh, yeah, chick from He uh, played Canada. the I saw him at the gathering. Yeah, he was I really good. Yo, I'm getting a cameo from him for my brother's birthday. Very nice. Yeah. But so anyway, we, we can go maybe into uh, going to him a little bit more later. But so did you say your number four? Yeah, it was Patrice. That is Patrice. Okay, well, so, oh, man. Gone too soon. I remember him doing what there was one roast he did. And, Charlie Sheen. Huh? Oh, it was Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen roast. And I remember fucking Amy Schumer went at him so hard. And I remember him, when he went up on the podium and he was like, I just, I remember being like, man, fuck you people. Like, what, are you serious? Like, <laughs> oh my Lord. But no, he was, he yeah, was. Patrice is great. And, and if you go listen, I, I love, you know, it sucks that he's gone, but he's one of those guys where, something political or something in the culture happens, I really want to know what Patrice would think. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, he was... He never had a typical answer. He, oh, you no, You could not guess not. what Patrice O'Neill was going to say about a situation. Oh, my Lord. One thing that I also like about him, and I just want to point this out because I think that if we're talking stand-up comedy for real, this is important. He was one of the few people who I think is able to laugh while telling his jokes and have it still be funny. Yeah. Because I don't, yes. in a lot of cases, I don't think you can do that. I think it fucks it up. But 
in his case, he really was. It added to the performance and just. Oh, he had an infectious laugh. Oh yeah, man. no, he was. Again, like I Especially said, Obi and Anthony, when you'd be rationing on motherfuckers, oh, like, I know. And laughing. Well, but that's what I'm saying. His entire fucking. There's only so many comedians that can do shit like that. Where I will say, I don't know the guy's name, but there was a British comedian that I saw once who, his entire fucking bit, like his whole act was just improving the whole thing, and he was pretty funny, but it was also really goofy and ridiculous. Patrice was somebody who, I, I know that he had jokes that he worked out, like he had material. But well, you can hear, you can hear. I've listened to every appearance, and he's got hundreds. You know, over the years, I've been listening to him for years and right. years. But you can hear him develop most of that material, even shit that seems spontaneous. You can hear him do it for the first time on the show. Okay, on I feel you. Anthony, like that's where he would develop a lot of shit because they would just sit around and just break balls with. Top-notch comedians for oh, fucking yeah. every no, day. No, I know that's how it goes down with a lot of fucking... Like, that's how a lot of the good comedians... That's what Funny People was about. That's what that whole movie was supposed to be based on. Was the weird relationship the comedians have with each other. And fucking... Yeah. Whatever. But... I, like... I definitely think... With... Fucking... Patrice O'Neill, he was just... His ability to do crowd work like his crowd work was on un, was unparalleled i'll put it to you like that so all right let's roll on because i'm starving no hey fair enough i'm number pretty three. hungry too so my number three is actually i know that a lot of most people would probably not put him in a top five this is definitely a personal top three but my top my number three is dan cummins can't believe kyler's 13 he's almost as tall as i am he's becoming a man it's freaking me out we're having different kinds of conversations. We had a father-son boner talk a while back. <laughs> I didn't bring it up. <laughs> Let's make that very clear. That would be highly inappropriate if I just barged in his room one afternoon. What's up, son? Let's talk about hard dick, father-son style. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> no, he brought it up. He had some new concerns. He started getting random erections and he was uh, kind of freaking himself out. And he was worried that he would get one in the middle of class. Other classmates would see and they would just mock him relentlessly. And I'd completely forgotten about that time in your life where when you first start getting them, it is so weird. Because it's not tied to sexual thoughts. Like they truly are just random. Like you have no idea when they're gonna happen. You know, when they do happen, you have no idea how long they're gonna last, when they're gonna go away. You know, I remember I'd be sitting in class, I'd just freak myself out, you know, think of some non-sexual thought, like, I wonder, I wonder what my dog's up to right now. <laughs> and then just be rock hard, oh no. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Do I wanna fuck my dog? <laughs> I do love him very much. <laughs> Number one time suck, because you'd have to be part of the community to actually understand why this is true. But Time Suck is like an intelligent juggalo fan base. It's crazy. The way that Dan Cummins created through Time Suck, a podcast where the first episode was literally about the Lizard Illuminati and the Patreon fucking, you're a space lizard if you do it. And fucking what he's been able to grow it into of like, watching it go from the first t-shirt to now there's a lot, like their fucking merch line is psychotic. And their fucking, their uh, following, the Cult of the Curious, is rabid. 
like oh yeah ridiculous ridiculous following like people have tattoos people have fucking there's like hand signs there's things that you can say there's characters like andre chikatila is a character in the time suck universe what this big deal i i I wrestle i I wrestled the woman to the ground i i I struck soft shame cock yeah and so but that's a huge thing and then ed kemper that's another it's one it's so funny man because it's a genre of oh, I know. true crime comedy podcast oh, I, know. I could say the same thing about last podcast oh, they, oh, they, they have characters they all oh. the world they have detective popcorn he acts like charlie manson same thing oh, it's literally the same thing like like and that's that's how well crazy yeah but they, okay like, but you want to know what so this is what i will say to that there's three of them. Though. There's three of them, though. That's not one well, guy. Fair. Yeah. Well, okay, but so this is what I would Big say to juggalo that. juggalo thing, too. Like, oh, the last podcast, are they juggalos? They're not, no, they have a juggalo following, and they have to acknowledge it. Like, it, it eventually came to a point where they had to acknowledge the juggalos. Like, That's fantastic. Yeah, because they were like the elephant in the room. But like. so this is what I will say, is that... I'm not sure exactly who the guy last podcast on the left guys are specifically. You know who Henry Zabrowski is? I don't think you so. You know uh, your pretty face is going to hell? It's yes, okay, show. so I do that's know Henry that. Sabrowski. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so no, that's awesome. Good for them. I bet yeah. that the show is awesome. Yeah. I, maybe it's worth getting into. But in any case, with Dan Cummins, this is why I think that in Dan's case, what he was able to do, his last podcast on the left was already out by the time that he started doing Time Suck. I know that. And um, they, it, like, to be able to... It's more about his style of comedy and his kind of what he does. And he's an actual stand-up. Like I said, I don't know the podcast at all, but I've watched his stand-up, and he's a good fucking Oh, no, Dan... Oh, well, so that, to me, I think Dan Cummins' material is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. But what he did with the podcast is creating the community, like, they have gatherings now. They did one last year in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, right, right up the block from where they live. And this year, they're doing one in an adult summer camp in uh it's in pennsylvania but it's right near new york somewhere like you know however like four or five hours from here and it's like it's pretty expensive i think it's like 1300 bucks jesus christ all inclusive like you know like everything it's like going on a cruise basically yeah yeah so that kind of thing but that's the point is that it's like people have that same rabid following of like they're super into it and it's like you can listen to the secret suck and hear about like this shit has changed people's lives like they're going through fucking cancer treatments and their family's fucking dying and their kids are dying maybe or all kinds of crazy shit but listening to this podcast for whatever reason has been able to give them the energy to fucking and again for me i found it early because i knew dan cummins uh, comedy from uh pandora i found it whenever and he's super irreverent i think he's real good I hope to see him on his theater tour. He's slowly building up to that level of comedian now. He's doing theaters because of... The podcast. Exactly. Yeah. And so being able to do that... Again, I genuinely... It really, when you look at it, for the fact that there's the characters and... Because I guess with the guys with last podcast on the left, they're not stand-up comedians necessarily. No, the only what they... One of Although ben, one is an actor. So. Ben Kissel is was uh, like a failed stand-up comedian then he got hired uh as like the resident liberal on fox news they literally hired him to argue with fucking yo and he was mad he's pretty funny and he's like super liberal and blah 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 but Um, in the case of dan cummins i think doing it the way that he's done it has made it where i like Again, I for whatever reason it was there for me 
while I was That's working That's what's Uber. awesome about podcasts and everything. You know what I mean? Like, it's like their own niche little worlds, dude. Yeah. Like, uh, it's And it goes down to the... You know, I read something that said that, like, you know, podcasts, it's like, how did people in the old days do fucking laundry without podcasts? It's like, well, they just talk yeah, to no each other. Yeah, no shit, man. I, I, everything I do, I, all I do is listen to podcasts. Talk, they all talk to each other and told day. stories and shit. So this is not that far off from what people have ever done. Yeah. It's not that crazy. But so, all right, moving right along, because this is obviously something that we're all very passionate about, because I think that rap and comedy have a lot in common, even though rappers and comedians only in certain instances ever seen But every happen. every rapper wants to be a comedian, and every comedian wants to be a musician. It's, you know it, what it, I mean? That's, that's probably that fucking true. That's fantastic. I like that. I've never heard that before. We, uh, I mean, I gr- worship comedy, growing up friends, comedians, all Same. that. My number three is, I could have had his counterpart, his, uh, you know, the Megadeth to the Metallica thing, but... <laughs> Big shout out to Sam Kennison. He's on my honorable mentions. But my number three is the fucking Dice Man. Nice, Dice Clay. Clay. See, women think we're just animals. We just want to fuck anything. They don't understand it's a need. They don't understand the buildup. My cum is so thick and pulpy and chunky that after some filthy fucking animal sucks the sap out of the tip of my fucking prick, she don't got to eat for three days. You see, sweetheart, look at me when I talk. My cum is nutritious. You don't, you don't swallow my load. You chew it. Campbell Soup is coming out with it next month. Dice's cream of cum. In chunky homestyle fashion also. My load is important to this world. As we speak, the government's building a pipeline that I gotta whack my bag into three times a week to feed these little filthy animals in Biafra. But you know what I say? I say, fuck them. I say, let's use my cum in this country where we need it. Like in Alabama where they haven't had a good meal, they live in the trailer parks, you fly me over in a crop duster, I start whacking my fucking bag. They're catching my cum like little hungry sparrows. Um, 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 ooh, good. Give me another dose of Dr. Dice's two-ball compound. Every so often somebody has that level of fucking influence on, like, a thing. And Andrew Dice Clay had that in a negative way on Italians. People to this fucking day still think that peop- that Italians act like Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah. Andrew Dice Clay is so fucking G. Here's what he did. He became one of the first comedians. You know, Steve Martin did it, but one of the first comedians to t- he toured for four years, nothing but stadiums and arenas. And on his second album, he decided, you know what? I could do a special in an arena, but I already did that. I'm going to go to Dangerfields in front of in front of eight people, and I'm just going to go up there and say the most vile shit till they all walk out, and that's my second album. Look <laughs> <laughs> this guy's fucking head over here. That's fucking ridiculous. It's a big fucking head. Look at that fucking thing. That's a big fucking head. You know that, right? But all your life, did any of your prick friends ever tell you, hey, Joey, you got a big fucking head. Nobody mentioned it to you. All your life, you're wondering, is it really that fucking big? I got to tell you, it's fucking ridiculous. 
I do fuck with that kind of resolve. I will say, I do like that. And Dice, Dice is a fucking character. He had a great show on HBO a few years, uh, a few years. He back. was a oh, fucking staple on Dice. Howard Stern back when Howard Stern uh, was, was much classic. more relevant. It, yeah, if 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 Stern wanted to argue for an hour and a half, he'd just bring in Dice. Well, either that or fucking yeah. Jim Simmons. Dice is Dice is to this day. I mean, the 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 bit that got me wasn't the nursery rhymes, although I love all that shit. But he it was some special from like the mid '90s when he was kind of lower in his career, right? Um, and he he was talking. It was just crowd work. He was talking to this chick, like, uh, well, he was talking to the dude next to the chick. He's like, "You banging that?" And he's like, "No, that's my mom." And he looks at the mom. He goes, "You fucking your son." <laughs> All right, no, that right, no, that's fucking. He deserves his place. Yeah. <laughs> that was fucking. It became, fantastic. it became, it became twenty minutes of him just railing on the, these this mother and son. He's like, why the fuck would you bring your son to a dirty show like this? And he just went off on this bitch for twenty minutes. It's the greatest single thing I've ever seen in my life. Number three, Andrew Dice Clay. Nah, I I fucks with it, bro. I super fucks with it. So. My number two, um, definitely, uh, I, I appreciate that he is from my uh, my birthplace of New York City, but um, especially knowing that he really did like work so hard to 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 end up getting the recognition that he got. What uh, my number two is uh, George Carlin. It's the quiet ones you gotta watch. You know that one, eh? Every time you see a story about a serial killer on TV, what do they do? They bring on the neighbor. And the neighbor says, well, he was always very quiet. And someone in the room says, it's the quiet ones you gotta watch. This sounds to me like a very dangerous assumption. I will bet you anything that while you're watching a quiet one, a noisy one will fucking kill you. <laughs> Suppose you're in a bar and one guy's sitting over on the side reading a book, not bothering anybody. Another guy's standing up at the front with a machete, banging it on the bar, saying, I'll kill the next motherfucker who comes in here. Who are you going to watch? Feels obvious in a lot of cases, because he's, if you're going to do a Mount Rushmore comedy and you're not putting Carlin on it, I think that that's fucking ludicrous. But we were talking about this before, how like you can do certain shit, but then do other things. And like, he was Mr. Conductor. He did fucking Thomas the Tank Engine. He loved acting. He always oh wanted, I know. He always wanted to be like an actor, and it's funny because Kevin Smith like talks about how like in depth he was like on the choices of, of, uh, of the character in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. When I believe he's, that. Uh, the rules of the road. Well, you know but the first thing I ever the first thing I ever saw him in was motherfucking Bill and Ted. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Bill oh yeah, that, he yeah. wasn't yeah. Bill and Ted. That's right. That's yeah. fucking. He did a lot of acting. He oh no, and that's for sure. But that's also like, it's crazy because he like. Oh my lord, he did fucking cocaine by the boatload. Like, yeah, dude. You ever hear that story where he rented out a uh, a plane in LaGuardia and he just sat in the on the runway doing coke by himself? Because he was one of the first. I'm obsessed with George Carlin, and he he was one of the first. Him and Pryor were one of the first like theater college co college comedians where they would literally right, like right, sell right. out the fucking I feel you. I see what college. You're and uh, they didn't even know what to do with the money. You know what I mean? Like, cause he went from living in a hotel with his wife 
And that's also what's cool about Colin, too. He stayed with his wife, and he, like, he was kind of a... I was going to say, the relationship, I'm pretty from sure... hell. Was, it was yeah, a relationship sure from hell, and his, and his daughter, like, loved him but hated him, you know, because she was right there the whole time, but... Yeah, lots of cocaine, lots of lots of heart attacks too with uh, oh, yeah. George Carlin. George George Carlin George Carlin is someone that um, that that people my age, people younger, and even my grandmother fucks with George Carlin. Everyone fucks with George Carlin. How could you not? His delivery too, like I wish I could. The I'm a modern man, like that whole. Oh yo. Oh my lord, yeah. that's one of those. I got. I got to see him right before he died, oh, and it you. was one of the it was one of the coolest things. But he was so old, he did this. He was like, and he ended up doing it again. Like it was the tour before his last special. So like he did. I, I saw the special pretty much, and he was working out that last fucking uh, bit, and he was reading it off a piece of paper, and he had glasses, and he did this whole thing that inevitably worked into the special too. Where he's like, I've been doing fucking stand up for 50 years, da 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 da. So fuck you, I'm reading it off the paper. You know what I mean? Like, cause usually by the time it gets to the special, he's like a fucking rapper, the way the oh, cadence yeah. is, oh, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and he had it, but he was just reading it right from the page. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, and especially that's the he earned it at that uh, point. Thought fucking nobody's gonna fucking tell him nothing. He could have sat and he could have laid down in the bed, dude. <laughs> yeah, fucking, exactly. You know what I mean? I'm gonna like, read this while I lay on my side. Yeah, if you don't mind. I really don't care. Yeah. It was great but he also the the what he had to say his bits about religion and society were so on point and so fucking well put together that the movie zeitgeist which i credit with like if i ever had matrix programming that movie broke it oh a thousand percent and a great one of the classic fucking his bit is literally the perfect explanation of how it's not like how it really doesn't make logical sense Religion has actually convinced people that there's an invisible man up in the sky that watches everything you do every minute of every day. And this man has a special list of 10 things that he does not want you to do. And if you do any of these 10 things, he has a special place full of fire and smoke and burning and torture and agony where he will send you to burn and suffer and scream and choke and cry until the end of time. But he loves you, <laughs> and he needs money, and he needs, and he needs money. money. The timing on it too, though, like oh, it, I like know, it stops. But, but he loves, loves you. you. Uh, no, I know. That's I. I wanted to do it differently because I like it's so good. I didn't want to just oh Legendary. my lord. It's, it's and that's one of those things and not for like, nothing. That's also why my number one is my number one. But he had some of those bits where it's just like letting people know. For real, like, like the, you know, like it's a big club, and you ain't in it. You ain't in it, yeah. Like he was talking about shit that other people had definitely talked about. Certainly, my number one, also. But George Carlin did it in a way where, because of his his pop culture rapport, that there was it, it had more impact. Dude, he just shattered the. Dude, it was just like, look at the futility of your corporate hollow life, you piece of shit, fat Wendy's eating bitch. And then we were like, ha ha! You're right! Like, we suck! Like, yo. Wendy's until the end of time? Yo, classic. Here's one of the things about George Carlin, too. I fucking love George Carlin, don't get me wrong. But he's like, like your number one, Max. 
Yes. His fan base can be absolute fucking snub. Uh, yeah, I know, but you want to know what? You can't. What? What can you do about that? There's nothing. You can't do nothing about that. Because the Just source like... material, their source material can be form fitted into a lot of different places, and unfortunately, a lot of those people that feel very strongly about things like society and fucking. You know, like, let me be honest here. A lot of people that are probably willing to actually commit a revolution are probably at drag at parties. Like, do you understand what I'm saying when I say that? Yeah, they're not cares for that. Well, what I'm saying is that, like, a lot of the people that are genuinely concerned, like, like a lot of people in the punk scene, I feel like it, in, it was more common in punk anyway, but, like, People that are actually willing to be like activists and shit, like that, like people on that level. You know what I mean? Like those kinds of people, be, when you feel that strongly about shit and you take everything super seriously, that's why these people get super pissed off because they take everything in the world really seriously and that's what's great about well, comedy. And that, that's point. also, yeah, yeah. No, I get you, I get you. But that's the also what The whole point of them... comedy is being able to look at the horrors of the world and being like, yeah, but this is pretty funny about that though, right? Yeah, that's why yeah, George yeah. Carlin did jokes about rape. That's why Daniel Tosh did jokes about rape. That Jokes about rape are practically a fucking rite of passage as a comedian at this point. Yeah. Because you need to be able to find a way to make it funny. I'm Because a lot of rape victims find those jokes funny. Max. Max yes. Max. I'm talking... <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking more, more. I get. I totally agree with what you're saying, by the way. But I'm talking more about comedy snobs. Comedy yeah, snobs. Well, and, fuck and, those and, people. And how, and how? How am I supposed to follow George Carlin with my number two? You know what I mean? Because I right oh, away, no. people. I know. I know. Hey, but you want to know what though? This is why I'm not even hating on that because on some real shit, there's nothing wrong with just goofy silly dumb fun comedy i like jeff dunham i will i will like even though chad daniels has a thing where he opened for jeff dunham and he was bombing and then he took his shoe off and made a sock puppet and but so i do think that that jeff dunham is funny i i i do find him to be kind of funny but yeah, yeah no but my point i'm making is that the, the i think that your number two is of fine. people of people who love bill hicks and george carlin and they look down upon anything that's not quote unquote intelligent yeah well fuck those and, people who cares what they think you know what i mean so so my number two oh well did you have anything else to say about carlin no i mean i think that his fucking legacy really speaks for itself i was just he was really important to me because right around the same time I became like really became a juggalo, went to my first show, all this different shit. You are all diseased came out oh, and I had that man. album. I used to go to sleep to that shit like every same, night. Same, yeah. <laughs> and so it was definitely like again, he had this kind of attitude of just talking about shit where like, you know, a white guy with some attitude that felt like he actually had street cred basically. No, he definitely. Yeah. I, he did. I, I know where Scribble's coming from, though, because like, and it's funny because like, this is how good Colin was too. Like, he said he had some classic joke about Carrot Top, but like, growing up, I fucking liked Carrot Top, and he had some pretty funny. Ca no, back. he didn't even hate on Carrot Top. He was like, "Did you pack your bags?" No, Carrot Top packed yeah, my bags. Oh yeah, that, that was the joke. <laughs> it was like, no, him and Florence Henderson came by last week. It wasn't. Frankly, to me. 
I think that Carrot Top should be flattered. Yeah. To have been they brought up. Being, yeah, to be brought yeah, up in exactly, that joke. Yeah. Because that it made it that much funnier. Yeah. But then also fucking Carrot Top is also. I genuinely think Carrot Top is funny. He was fucking. Fu- he had some hilarious. I think he's really day, funny. Yeah. Even just generally. And what's even funnier now is that he's fucking cock diesel. Yeah, he'll, he'll beat, beat the, the fuck shit out, out of you. Yeah, exactly. I love it. With his eyeliner. And well, and, and and Carrot Top is the king of fucking Las Vegas. I don't know if people know that or not. Oh yeah, he's had a resident there. For oh, like, I actually. Oh, did. Like, oh yeah. He probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. He probably. If that's true, if he's been there for all yeah, that for time. A long time. Oh yeah. Then he's probably like he could have you killed in the desert. Yeah, definitely. He's. A- and it's funny the mob is paying Carrot Top <laughs> Probably. to eat steak and fucking and, ta- and, and just make props. Yeah. Just do silly things. <laughs> but alright, so you were ta- you were we didn't even get to your number two. Okay, so I'm supposed to f- follow George Carlin with my number two. <laughs> Larry Which the is cable no. Guy. That's why I said it's okay for fi- for shit to be fucking just dumb and funny. But there's good looking girls in here, and I love women. God bless you. God dang, I'm gonna rub myself so hard a genie's gonna pop out. Look at these girls. And they all got real titties too, and that's the thing I like about. It. I like real titties. Sick and tired of them fake tits. You know, god dang, I don't want bookends. No, I want titties. And I love titties. And I dreamt one time I was a girl and I had titties. Good God Almighty. It's ridiculous. Big old floppy titties. Look like Buster Douglas. I do love the titties. My girlfriend, though, went and got them fake tits. She didn't even get good ones, you know. She got them fake Lee Press on titties. And... Some bit. God dang, man. I damn near chipped my front teeth on them some bitches there. Them nipples is like cement rocks on there. But they're carrying this fake titty bullshit too far. Serious. I dang grandma got fake tits. You believe that bullshit? 82 years old, walking around with the fake tits. She looks horrible. Think she looks good. She looks like an old Toyota with new rims. You know what I mean? <laughs> she, she looks good. She just don't start up no more, you know. I love George Carlin, and I love to get deep on so on some comedy shit. But sometimes I just want to fucking laugh at fart jokes and fucking redneck jokes, and that's what Larry the Cable Guy is perfect for. I I don't really dig his. I feel like he's gotten really lazy the last like 10, 13 years. Well, but the, well, but, but the reason for that probably. Is because well, doesn't need to work ever again. That's yeah. He made why. so <laughs> much fucking money; it's ridiculous. Well, that, the, the blue collar comedy DVDs came out in the Chappelle era. Like everybody, every other person had a blue collar comedy DVD. And like my, I, I'm more, I love that shit. I thought I'm it was more, really I'm more, funny. I like I, Larry the Cable Guy is fucking hilarious. I do think like, I don't get me wrong. I do think that he's really funny. But I, I like Ron White better than. Oh that, no! Well, know, that's like, what I was. If I had to rank all four of those guys, it would probably go Ron White, Bill Engvall, Jeff Foxworthy, Larry the Cable Guy. And that's just me, personally. I do Jeff think Foxworthy's that- Jeff Foxworthy's funny, dude. But no, dude, I'm sorry. It was the roast of Jeff Foxworthy, and they had Larry the Cable Guy fucking, uh, fucking roast him, and Larry the Cable Guy went up to the podium and basically said something along the lines of, here, I got one of them good jokes for you. If your opener goes to outsell you and then make ten times what you made, you might be a redneck. <laughs> Fucking, I just laced him. And it's like, I love that because 
everything that I have heard about Larry the Cable Guy, like from other comedians talking about him, is that he is like the most genuine, kind person in the world. He seems like a that. Like, he, like they they go out to restaurants, he'll fucking tip everybody hundreds of dollars, and just that he's a really solid well, guy. He'll bring he's, people out on the road. He's someone I know all about Larry the Cable Guy because when that blue collar comedy shit came out, I was like 10, 11 years old, and I really got into it. And I've been obsessed with Larry. Like, I've found... I've gone back before he was famous when he was uh, releasing, like, local albums. Right, right. In in Florida. And I've tracked those down and got, like, the cassettes of that shit. Wow. And, 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 And some of it is very... I mean, he could never, ever, ever do anything like that again because it's very racial. But it's all in the name of... It's all in the name of comedy. You know what I mean? It's not, you know... He did grow up on a pig farm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he did oh, have go. that fucking that 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 past and he worked he might be he might be the most hardest working comedian of all time that I know of. Well, and that's how I mean, he that's, that's how he, he grew made his the name. Fucking big bucks, man. That's why they were packing out fucking theaters and shit. Made a rules and uh, suck my dick if you don't like it. Number 1. Go ahead. <laughs> now <Nah>, work. <laughs> So, I and again, that's why I said, man, I do think he's funny. I do like him. Now, my number one, again, I, I know that he definitely does get thrown around in a lot of fucking comedy snob conversations. And again, fuck yeah. those people. I don't care what they think. Uh, but for me, uh, my number one is Bill Hicks. The world is like a ride at an amusement park. And when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. And the ride goes up and down and round and round. It has thrills and chills, and it's very brightly colored, and it's very loud. And it's fun for a while. Some people have been on the ride for a long time, and they begin to question, is this real, or is this just a ride? And other people have remembered, and they come back to us, and they say, hey, don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. And we kill those people. <laughs> Shut him up. His the way that he was talking about music and culture and advertising and shit. Holy fucking Christ! Well, my number one is Jim Norton. And I've been single for a little while. Uh, being single sucks. If you have somebody stay together. We had like one of those little stupid misunderstandings you have in a relationship. I was uh, was having erection difficulties. And we had different ideas as to the problem. She bought me Viagra, I bought her a treadmill. I'm all about compromise. I'll eat a few pills, just get your fat ass on the machine. Nah, it was one of those little stupid things, man. Like, you ever had those dumb little misunderstandings? Uh, You know, I don't know, she was shallow, basically. That's what it was. I thought I knew her and uh, she was shallow. I was ready to ask her to marry me, and then all of a sudden, after three years, she wants to run out and find a guy that doesn't hit her. Like I told her to serve supper cold. Hell yeah, Monster Rain. Monster Rain is a fucking <laughs> classic. I love I love all of his. I got all his CDs. Uh, now he just. I really miss the when com- comedians used to like release actual CDs. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was. I, was I love say, I love listening. I love listening to comedy more than 
It depends on the comedian, but for the most part, I enjoy listening to comedy. No, same. I grew up listening to fucking uh, comedy tapes from Bill Cosby to fucking then growing up into Jerry Seinfeld, Robin Williams. Yeah. Robin Williams stand up is so goddamn Yo, good. Yo, do you guys, did David Tell make either of your lists? David Tell, you want to know what? No. I, oh my God. Honestly. I was just listening to David Tell, He's and it like was one of the best of all time. I forgot to put his. Oh name my god! In there. You know who I just, you know who I just thought of? Who I fuck? Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney is another great one. I, yeah. you are, I forgot okay, to so put Paul Mooney. Legendary, wrote some of the greatest bits of all time. Wrote for, for Pryor, some of the greatest yep. comedians of all time. I never really found his shit to be that funny. His shit, personally, he was good. He was great. But I just, I never found his material to be that fun. I love, I loved him on Opie and Anthony. He would go on oh, Opie no, and Anthony. Oh no, he just... as a person was fucking hilarious. But his bits and his <laughs> like, his material I didn't find as funny. Yeah, yeah, Do either yeah. you guys like um, Shane Gillis or Mark I know Norman? That, I know those names, but not particularly. Shane Gillis? Uh, I'm not. Uh, they're okay. Uh, I like their podcast. Uh, you know who I should have put on here is fucking Joey Diaz. Oh, fuck yeah. Joey Diaz. You want to know yeah. what, though? See, Joey Diaz is one of those kinds of guys where same difference with him. He's only got one special, I'm pretty sure. And it's great. Well, he's got he's got he's got four CDs though. Oh, really? I I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I've been trying to find his yeah, shit yeah. online. I need to fucking find that. Yeah, he's got actual CDs. Well, a great one is uh, where my balls came from. Yeah, <laughs> that's a f- that already sounds amazing. That way. It's just all. And he's from my fucking area, New York, New Jersey, Jersey City. That he's whole from area. Uh, New Brun New Brunswick, I think. New Brunswick. That's where like some that? of my other family is from. But so if he was in New Brunswick, knowing the life that he was living. All up and down the fucking uh, Jersey Turnpike, uh, he was definitely going to New York City all the time. It's not that far. Like have you heard his story about fucking? Have you heard his story about fucking the one-legged woman? Not that one. I heard the story about when they went to the Chinese uh, buffet. <laughs> he's got. He's so classic, bro. And I always thought he was Italian because he he just fucking reeks Italian, but he's Cuban. No shit. And they cast him whenever. He's another good actor too. Another good. Uh, NBA. Well, because he's so genuine. He's a real person. Like yeah. he's. He reminds uh, me of so many people that I grew like my father's friends and shit and like my uncles and shit like that. Fucking Joey D. I will honestly say though, just because I, I do, I do want to pay proper respect to you, number one. Um, Jim Norton, number one, seen him at the gathering maybe even more than once. So the fact that he would play the gathering speaks to the kind of comedian that he is. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. He lo- he, he, the yeah, fact he of he was on Howard Stern with porn stars all the time being ridiculous. Opie and Anthony, all the... I remember listening to the bits that he would do with Opie and Anthony. Like, they listened to some fucking, like, or watched some fucking movie about, like, an interracial baby, like, and fucking... It's not a sin to get rid of a dirty stain. And like, crazy shit. And just Jim Norton, like, oh man, like, ah, talking about size queens and shit. Like, he's always well, Jim been Norton that dude. Is, Jim, Norton, Jim Norton is really what made Opie and Anthony pop. Because Opie and Anthony, they did have a big buzz, they did have a big buzz, but you know who actually introduced Norton to Opie and Anthony was Dice. Oh wow, I did not uh, know that. Jim, Jim Norton, Jim Norton loved, uh, uh, Dice, I mean, uh, Dice loved Jim Norton because he was just like a local comic and he was filthy, and uh, he so he took Jim Norton and Jim Florentine on tour with him, and that's how they got Jim their Florentine. Names. I don't love, but he is pretty funny. 
Jim Floyd, I met him and Don Jameson uh, at uh, the Ice House in Pasadena, and I was wearing an Overkill shirt and over. Do you know Overkill? The band Overkill. I You're don't from think Jersey, so, right? No. You lived in Jersey. Uh, they're a Jersey band, and they're like the uh, other than Anthrax, they're the biggest like East Coast thrash band. Right. And okay. I, I was I was wearing an I was wearing an Overkill shirt and. Uh, the night I went to see them, and Jim Florentine talked to me for 35 minutes just about metal. Brian Posehn like, would yeah, be like cool. that too. Brian Posehn is a heavy fucking metal nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, brother. All right. Well, yeah, no, it's probably gonna be fucking fun editing this one, but oh my god. But it's all good, man. It's gonna be a dope episode. It'll definitely be a two-parter. Yeah. No, that's so. uh, yeah. This uh. Right, real or life. we could take out all I or I could take out all the political shit and just make that like a bonus episode. Hey, you want to know what? Fair enough. If you find uh, if you're able to make that happen, I honestly wouldn't be fucking against yeah, it. Actually, you know what? That sounds like a lot of work and I'm immediately backing away. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even mad at you, bro. No, listen, we will definitely start to uh, we will uh, have more uh, structure going forward. Hey, we're just feel we're just feeling it out, man. We're just, you know, finding yeah, yeah. our ground. All right, well, hey, good uh, good talk, bro. SM Underground from the Underground Episode Sound. Seven. All right, brother, I'll talk to you again soon. All right, y'all. Peace. All right, yo, peace.